Welcome to the Everyday Discernment Podcast. We are on the Edify Podcast Network. Download the Edify app and find more great Christian podcasts today. We are in a new year, so Happy New Year to you, and I hope you had a great holiday season. I was able to preach a message on December 26th about obedience. If you're interested in hearing that, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. I would also appreciate your help in growing my YouTube channel. I have a video on there about New Year's resolutions as we go into the new year, so check out that video as well as more great content on there as well. The video version of these podcasts is on my YouTube. So if you're interested in seeing the video version, you know where to find it. I really hope you are going through my new devotional, Eyes on Jesus. It's a 90-day devotional. And if you've already started it, I would love to hear your feedback. If it's blessing you, if you're learning things, if God is showing you things through the devotional, I would love to hear that, as well as get your Amazon reviews. If you have a minute to do that, I would greatly appreciate that as well. For today, I'm talking to Samuel Duth. I have a great conversation with him for you in store right now. Welcome to the Everyday Discernment Podcast. This show is about you and your walk with Jesus as we grow in discernment together so that we can make better daily decisions that honor God in all we do. We will align all things against the Bible and give you practical steps to run your Christian race to win. And now your host, the discerning dad, Tim Ferrara. Well, welcome to the Everyday Discernment Podcast. My guest this week is Samuel Duth. Samuel is a husband, father, pastor, author, and consultant with his wife, Katie. They are on the pastoral team at Awakened Church in San Diego. They travel full-time ministering to churches and working to help church leaders develop a strategy for discipleship and growth. Samuel, welcome to the program. How are you doing? Thank you, sir. Honored to be on here, man. It's been it's been fun. It feels like a little bit of a, a long time coming and been following everything you're doing and uh, leading the way in so many great areas. So honored to jump on. Oh, cool, man. Yeah, I've seen you online and Instagram and doing lives and, and that kind of stuff and came highly recommended from some other people I've had on the show. So it's good to finally chat and see what God's doing in your life. And uh, I was telling you before we got on, I love the name Awaken in your church and I'm sure it's based on Ephesians 5.14, probably Awake, Awake, O Sleeper is probably (laughs) at least a piece of that. Um, So tell us more about you, what God's doing in your life, a little bit about maybe your history and your family that you'd like to share. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So I originally grew up in the Midwest, born and kind of raised in the Minnesota area, the frozen frozen Midwest uh, lands there, (laughs) and uh, big family, grew up with uh, six kids in our family. And uh, I would say not now, in, in hindsight, it doesn't sound as, as odd, but uh, we were homeschooled. So we, my mom was homeschooling uh, before it was cool. And, yeah. uh, you know, since, uh, <laughs> since 2020, it seems like a lot more people are homeschooling these days. Yeah, exactly. And, um, but anyways, yeah, so grew up in that, that world. Uh, thankfully, just still have mom and dad alive and love each other and love Jesus and I was uh, really privileged to grow up in that type of an environment where it wasn't a perfect home, but it was just an amazing, healthy home that loved Jesus and, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. active part of church. I've got kind of ministry family, like in my like family line on my mom's side, but it wasn't like a direct link when I was uh, young. So I didn't, I didn't like grow up in like a ministry home per se, but just a very active Jesus loving, Jesus following, you know, yeah. type of home environment. So that's, you know, you, you look back and sometimes you just, many who do not have that story, um, I'm one, one of those privileges that do. And so I'm really thankful for that. And <laughs> I always kind of, anytime I'm sharing kind of my testimony, oftentimes I'll talk about how it started with my dad, you know, who was a, uh, who his dad was an alcoholic and ran mm-hmm. around on his mom and, you know, my dad would get called often to go pick up, hey, your dad's, you know, passed out drunk in a ditch again, mm-hmm. you know, come come pick him up, you know. Yeah. And so that kind of whole story and how he came to Christ and was discipled by a neighbor and brought to, you know, some meetings where he encountered the Holy Spirit. And, mm-hmm. and um, you know, just his history is is so incredible of what God has done in him. And, and I often just honor him especially on, you know, discerning, you know, type of a podcast like this, a discerning dad type of, uh, you know, shout out. Yeah. I honor my dad for having no example uh, in his youth and having, having that encounter with Christ and allowing other mentors and people in his world to teach him 
how to be an incredible dad. And so I, I get the, I get the privilege, the byproduct of, of that. So um, I, I dove a little deeper into the, the inception story than plan there, but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so that's kind of where I came from. Then um, started just felt called to minister when I was young. So chased that out into the Northwest. So I lived up in Seattle area for about 15 years, Bible college, worked on staff at a great church up there was a youth pastor and young adult ran our Bible college. My wife and I had started dating right before I made the move to Seattle. Mm. And so about a year or so into that, we get, uh, got married and uh, jumped right into ministry life together. Had our two beautiful girls up in that area. So I am a Seahawk fan as well. <laughs> Seattle Seahawks, shout out. And, uh, and then just over, as of the time recording this podcast, just over six years ago, we made the move down from the Northwest to really kind of chase after a new season that we felt God calling us into down here in, in San Diego. And I always joke, a lot of people go, you know, you know, moving to San Diego is not a calling, right? Like that's just, that's a vacation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I go, well, you know what? The, 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 the caveat there, I didn't actually know how amazing San Diego was. I'd never visited it. Mm -hmm. We just, you know, it's a, it's a long, it's a longer story, but God has, uh, was clear and specific in making the moves to to bring us down to this place, step out, kind of more initially traveling and itinerating and just kind of basing at uh, Awakened Church because um, I knew I'm the pastor when they first planted it 15, 16 years ago. Mm. And then God just kind of morphed that into our now. I still travel a bit, write a lot, and uh, and now we're one of the campus pastors at a great church here in San Diego, Awaken, as you already mentioned. And we have uh, six locations around San Diego, one over in Salt Lake City. And so, yeah, my wife and I are privileged and honored to be able to just lead some of the best people. And, yeah. uh, you know, when you've been a part of a team, a church team like like you are as well, you just you love it. I, I love that space of really being on a team, getting in the mix. I love itinerating. I love traveling. I know, you know, that's part of my call, part of my passion. But I would I after being a part of a church kind of team environment for so long, I would never want to just be a full-time like itinerant evangelist that doesn't really have a place to call home and like yeah. a team that I'm in the trenches with building. And uh, so I absolutely, absolutely love it. So here we are, a couple books in, which we can talk about in a second if you'd like. Yeah. Um, and uh, pastoring and building a great family, loving my wife of coming on 18 years. All right. 18 years uh, in October 18th. So we're really excited celebrating that and just enjoying life here with my family. That's very cool. Yeah. We just celebrated 16. We have two kids as well, a boy and a girl. So right alongside with you there. And uh, I related to a lot of parts of your story because I was born in Minnesota. I didn't really grow up there. I moved to Arizona when I was five, but, you know, kind of felt called to ministry later in life. But at the same time, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, God, if we submit to his plans, man, he can blow our mind where our plans can, you know, lead to uh, st stress and distress and in our own <laughs> own wisdom, instead of having that discernment I preach and making decisions that honor him first. Yeah. And then the blessing flows, not always like we see, and it's not that it will be stress-free, but at the right. same time, when we're following God, we know that his plans are better than ours and his ways are higher than ours. Yeah. I just tweeted yesterday, just a friendly reminder for everybody, God's ways are not your ways. You know, just kind of like, <laughs> just in case we forget sometimes that yeah. my ways are going to do yeah. this and this and this and see these results. <laughs> uh, God has other other plans. And yeah. so I'm curious yeah, too, you know, true. being in California, is there, I don't want to say revival, but I see revival on beaches there. I see, you know, what, what do you see with the hearts of people that may be, we sometimes stereotype being from California, but what's the, what's the move of God there like right now? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is funny. I mean, there's all the stereotypes. I, I, I had the stereotypes in my mind uh, before I made the move yeah. to California and, you know, with the political climate and not just the politics, but I would say maybe the ideology climate, the depravity, uh, the immorality type of indoctrination type of you know, emphasis and culture yeah. from every sphere of culture kind of bearing down. And then the political environment in this last season, just really kind of accelerating it. What you, what I find that's unique is in one sense, I wish none of it was happening right now. I wish right. none of the intensity. I wish none of, you know, 
the overlording governor. None of the, you know, I, I wish, you know, they would just empower the church. I yeah. wish they would celebrate the church, but they're not, right? Yeah. And uh, so, but with that, the beauty of that, like oftentimes happens under levels of persecution. Mm-hmm. I was like to caveat that. I mean, there's certainly persecution is a certainly gradating scale, you yeah. know, um, you're getting persecuted in China and Afghanistan. American persecution is a very different version of that. Yeah. Um, I would say it's a, it's a precursor type of persecution. It's a, it's a shadow of it. Yeah. It's nothing near those environments, but the truth is the pressure to to kind of abandon Christianity, to abandon morality, to abandon all that actually pulls out the greatness, right? You either give up and give in and kneel to the agenda of the enemy, or it galvanizes you, you stand up, you drill down into your convictions and your core of what God's word says and who you are. And and what we're finding in California is actually more of that, right? Yeah. Pastors having to go, okay, who are we really? And right. what is the church going to be about? Christians, Christians that are in every sphere, from business owners to artists, right? Just just because I, I don't want to expose them unnecessarily. There's an artist of a top unknown band. He is a Christian. He goes to our church. Uh, but they're retouring and you know, he's got a conviction. He doesn't want to do um, the vaccine. And, you know, I take more of a freedom of choice type of position when it comes to that. You know, yeah. people can choose it, whatever you want to do. But uh, the force shouldn't, shouldn't be there. That's that's my opinion on that, my, my philosophy approach on that. And he has the same. And he's basically getting uh, kicked out of this band. Um, for sure, sidelined for this tour and trying to figure out what his next options are. We have a lot of that where people are having to go, okay, am I going to just kind of roll over to narratives and, and to the climate or am I going to stand? And, uh, and so because of that, it's drawing strength uh, in our boldness as a church, as Awaken. We yeah. have grown unbelievably, right? Awesome. People think, well, man, if you're aggressive or you should just be quiet or just lay low or not engage or, you know, church shouldn't be getting involved in social issues or political issues. And we have found uh, the opposite is true. The more we stand, the more we speak with clarity and boldness, the truth of God's word yeah. in confusing times, people are looking for a voice. They're yeah. looking for clarity. They're looking uh, for, dis- you know, for wisdom. They-, they need to know how to discern the times, yeah. you know, 100%. and unfortunately, a lot of, a lot of the Christian voice in, in this last era has has muted itself. Um, but the more pressure that builds, it forces a crossroads for every individual and every Christian leader to have to decide, how am I going to approach a season? Am I going to yeah. go quiet, hide, passive, try to avoid conflict um, until it's at my door? Or am I going to take the take a stand, lift my voice, make some noise, and if you follow yeah. me at all on social media, you can tell pretty quickly which route I took. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good because, you know, on one hand, like you said, it, it'd be great to have all this go away and just go back to normal, whatever that was. But at the same time, right. if, that, if normal means that you were asleep instead of being awakened up, like, I don't want to go back to normal as a church. I want to be a, an awake church awaiting our, our bridegroom instead of a sleep church, just, you know, checking in a box every Sunday, just coming to do my, you know, filling out my insurance card to get to heaven. Like, that's what's <laughs> exciting about revivals as I'm studying more and more revivals and it's getting talked more and more is revivals happen in times of persecution as a precursor mm-hmm. to wars and other persecution where God moved in a mighty way and he kind of took control. And that's what our prayer is, that's what my prayer is, that God take control of your church, of vessels that are willing to go and do and be a part of revival instead of yeah. just praying, you know, God do revival over there. I want to be a part of revival. I want God yes. to do something through my hands and feet and yep. the skills and the member of the body of Christ that I am, you know, to be able to see him move in this generation. Cause we know that that's the answer for hope in a, in a dying world and yep. people that look for hope in the news or in government or anything that man can provide is dead and dying. And there is no future in that. Uh, and we have the hope of eternity. And so we need to be bold as Christians, share that with people. 
and uh, just continue to pray that God would move mightily in times yeah. that are trying. And we see that on a microcosm in, in your own life. When you go through trials, you know, you you should have a heightened sense of God and what he's trying to do in your life. Just look at Job, you know, it's some of the worst trials possible. And at the end, he knew who God was because God revealed it to him personally. And so when we go through trials as a country or as a community, we have to look to God and say, God, what are you trying to teach us? What are you trying to show us in the midst of it? Yep. Come on. Awesome. Yes. And amen. <laughs> right. I, I, I agree. And it, it's funny, just real, this as a final thought on that. Again, all the stereotypes that would have typically been sort of labeled on California. And the irony is some of the pastors and maybe what would maybe be considered like Bible belts of America or other more, um, you know, strong or even conservative types of parts of America. Yeah. Um, because the pressure from their state level kind of sheltered them from some of the restrictions or the intensity or the pressures, yeah. right? Many of those areas, they didn't have a governor telling them you can't <laughs> sing in church. Right. You know what I mean? But we did. Yeah. So because they didn't have to deal with that, it didn't force them to kind of dig deep again or galvanize or wake up. Right. Like you said, whereas in California, Honestly, the best gift that Gavin gave California <laughs> was when he said, you can't sing in church. Yeah. It was literally like lighting a match uh, in right. California where people were finally like, okay, Here it comes. okay, <laughs> this yeah. we're done. We yeah. are done just hiding as the church. It's time to step up. Right. So. That's awesome. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. Well, yeah, we need discernment more now than ever. So as, mm -hmm. I wonder if you can share with us just a time in your life when you had godly discernment. Maybe maybe you didn't. Maybe it was a time when you were trying to hear from God and maybe made a wrong choice and learned something from it. Or maybe you made a great choice and maybe just share kind of how you heard from God and kind of just practical things that we can maybe take away on how we make decisions every day. Yeah. Man, what a what an important question. And especially in, in the times that we're li living in, maybe everybody says that the times we're living in yeah. every era, you need discernment. Mm -hmm. And I'm thankful that we have God's word, right? I mean, to me, God's word and his spirit, right? I mean, this is, th this is the best, most effective way that we're able to um, maintain clarity and wisdom and making right decisions in the middle of chaos. Yeah. I cannot just trust my intuitions. You know what I mean? I cannot just go off of my experiences. Yeah. I've got to have God's word. And I've got to have his, his spirit. And oftentimes I'll tell people, because, you know, that can be like one of those things. Okay, well, are we just talking about following my feelings and my emotions. And, you know, you get a lot of people saying, well, God told me this or the Holy Spirit said this. And you're like, yeah. eh, I don't know about that. Right. But uh, you know what? Uh, I want to be able to be someone that always encourages people to lean into the spirit. But one of the things I always say is the best way to know for sure that that's the Holy Spirit talking to you and not just your fears or your feelings or your emotions or your opinion or popular narratives is, is God's word, right? Because right. the Holy Spirit sounds just like the Bible because right. it is the same author, right? The inspired yeah. word of God through the Holy Spirit, people wrote, right? And so because of that, that, you, that similarity of voice, same voice, same signature, same cadence, then the more I read God's word, the more I go, yep, that's the spirit of God. That's not just me. That's just my feelings. But I, if I don't know God's word, a lot of times I, I can't pick up on that voice, that discernment yep. of the times. So I would just say that in general. And then, then I would say what I try to do and actually, in, in the book, Following Jesus, this New Believers um, book, I actually talk about that. Okay, how do I, learning to hear God's voice? Because that's one of those big things. Like, okay, does God actually speak to us? And if he does, how do I hear it? Yeah. How do I know it? How do, how do I discern his guidance, his direction for me? And so a lot of times what I try to do is, of course, I would love it if I could just have this clarity, uh, like this just pure 
phone connection between me and God where I never <laughs> questioned if that was God's voice or not. Yeah. The reality is this side of heaven, I'm seeing things dimly. I don't have a hundred percent clarity on things. And I, I got to be honest about that. You know, now the longer I walk with Christ, the more I learn to hear and obey God's voice, I will tend to get more and more confident that I know that was God. Yeah. That was the Holy Spirit. That's his voice, right? But having said that, the way I safeguard that, the way I make sure that I stay in godly discernment, clarity of voice, not running off into weird theologies or rogue, God told me so kind of things, is I try to have what I would call a bit of like a trifecta of alignment, okay? So, of course, it's God's word. So anything I feel like God is saying to me that is different from this, then I throw those ways out, those thoughts out. I go back to this. This is it, right? Yep. So it's got to be in alignment and congruent with God's word. The second is the Holy Spirit, right? So I'm going to lean in. Do I, what do I sense the Holy Spirit saying? Do I feel it? Am I, is he guiding me one way or the other? Am I getting a red light? Am I getting a green light? Am I getting a yellow? You know, like how, yeah. where's, where do I feel as I've learned to listen and sense the direction of the Holy Spirit? Where do I feel like that's at? And then the third one that helps me make sure that I'm I'm not just off in my own little zone and interpreting the Bible or interpreting the voice of the Holy Spirit is having that godly confirmation from a pastor or a seasoned type of leader, friend, key person in my world yeah. that is able to be the, the voice of wisdom and sounding board to go, yeah, that's, that sounds like something God would say. Yeah, that's it. I feel that too. I see that. Or someone going, man, you better pray about that more because that just, that feels off. I don't (laughs) see that. Man, you're interpreting that scripture completely wrong. I don't see what your feel the Holy Spirit is telling you is consistent. Um, You know, at the end of the day, we we are responsible to obey the voice of God um, over man. Having said that, I would I find it's pretty rare occasions actually where God is speaking to you and nobody else has a confirmation on it. Yeah. Usually there's this multitude of voices, there's this two or three witnesses type of deal where if you're feeling a real real weight on something, usually there's going to be a confirmation in the word and spirit and other mature believers that are going to help guide you along that path. So I, was, I, I feel like for me, that's what I'm, I'm going to do. So I, I look the, the six years ago specifically, you know, when we were kind of feeling a new season shifting, I first of all, I was like, I, I'm a longevity loyalty guy when it comes to like the church I'm a part of. I want to get committed. I don't want to be a church hopper. I want to stay yeah. planted, all of that. So I was on staff and a part of this church. And, I, and my thought was, I'm always like, hey, I'm going to be at my church. Unless I was joking, like, unless my pastor kicks me out, you know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. cause I, I'm just, I'm here, I'm here to serve. I'm long-term kind of a guy. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not, uh, you know, moving with the wind in that kind of stuff. So I was kind of handing over one area of church that I was leading and I, my pastor and I at the time, were going to meet and kind of chat about what's next. And he was just like, man, I've got this idea, but in prayer, I just really feel like there might be a new season for you. I want us to just start praying about it and, and uh, let's see what God says. So first I was like, oh, no, I'm here. And he even said, I'm going to release you to um, even explore options that aren't even at our church, which Mm -hmm. was not really like his style, right? (laughs) He was either you're in or you're out. (laughs) It just wasn't like a, there was no like, Hey, we're going to take a few months and pray and feel this out. That wasn't like his normal deal. Yeah. So I knew God was really in it the way he was kind of leading this conversation. And, um, and at first I was like, Oh no, I'm not going anywhere. I'm here. I'm planted. I chatted with my wife after I got home. She was like, well, maybe we should pray about it. I was like, yeah, that's probably a good idea. <laughs> um, so we began to pray and I set like this week of prayer and fasting. I was like, all right, this is me. This uh, I'm dialing in. I'm leaning into the voice of God. And literally God had already been kind of pricking me as far as like, I knew kind of what this next season was about to be. But I was like, all right, I'm going to pray. And it was like one of those weird 
Like I don't I, normally, I, I feel like I get a pretty decent connection in my prayer and my time with, with the Holy spirit. Mm-hmm. And it was like brick wall ceiling. <laughs> I'm getting nowhere in prayer. felt awkward. And that it was like, like less than an hour in the Holy spirit just said, why are you praying? You already know what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was like, well, this has got to just be because I'm hungry for breakfast. Like I can't, <laughs> I can't quit a week of prayer and fasting in one hour like this. That's like illegal, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, but sure enough, I, I try to keep pressing in and it was just like, okay, this, this is dumb, you know? Yeah. And it was the start of what I knew God was kind of calling us to step out into this itinerant type of a season that I've been feeling since I was like 13, when I first felt called into ministry, I knew that was kind of a part of my life Yeah, and it was time to step out. And so then I felt the Holy spirit on it. I didn't feel in, you know, I felt confirmations in God's word. And then God just started sending different people, right. To confirm it in like random little things, as well as in more full on like prophetic type of confirmation. Right. Yeah. So it was a combination of natural supernatural elements toward just sort of mounting in confirmation where I was just like, okay, now I'm just, I'm reckless if I don't do this. Right. right. Cause it was so clear yeah. the way God kept confirming it that I just, I had to step up and, and unlock it and go after it. And um, now when I, stepped into that direction, some of the beginning, like, especially the first couple of years, and I've only been down here six years, but they were tough. Uh, I didn't know if we we're going to make it financially, right? Because yeah. we stepped into one of the most expensive cities <laughs> yep. and we left our jobs, you know, and stepping out in faith in this new season. Yeah. It was like, I knew God was in it, but that didn't make mean it was easy. Right. Actually, I got this really great prophetic word from a pastor up in Seattle before I made the move down where he just started reading the mail of what God was doing. And he just mm-hmm. said, Hey, listen, you have an easy choice. You have a hard choice. And uh, he goes, pick the hard one. I was like, yeah, I know. I already knew. Cause I had this job offer that was like associate pastor, kind of a little bit more of an easier route yeah. in, a, in a different state. And, uh, but I knew that wasn't the thing. And this was the hard thing, the step out, the no job thing. Yeah. And uh, so we step out, and it, but he said, it's going to be hard. I said, okay. He goes, he goes no, it's going to be harder than you think. That's what he <laughs> said. I was like, all right. Well, in the moment, you're like, I don't care. Yeah. Jesus is calling. That's all, the, that's all that matters. Right. And sure enough, I had a few of those moments where I'm so thankful that the Holy Spirit kind of spoke that in advance to me. So when I was like, gosh, this is hard. Like, how, where's my next paycheck coming from? Yeah. And how am I going to take care of my wife and my kids? And I just, I was able to remember that word, right? Mm-hmm. The Bible talks about that, kind of fighting with those prophetic words, right. hanging on to the words that has been spoken to you. Yeah. And I really use those um, to fight through because it was definitely, you know, some of the inception of this last season where I was like, Ooh, I don't know if I'm gonna make it. I don't, yeah, you know. <laughs> and uh, here we are, six years later, and God's been faithful. So that's um, great. So that's that's kind of my my encouragement in the discernment factor is to not to use all three, right? The word, yeah. the spirit, and and godly counsel. Don't just run it out just because somebody gave you a word in the natural. Don't just run out because you felt some goosebumps in the spirit, right? Let's like. Use use the the healthy balance of using all three of those in your world, yeah. and it'll it'll it'll. Uh, sometimes you're gonna have to push the brakes because there's not a confirmation of all three. Sometimes, mm. and yeah. you have to let that marinate a little bit until God really opens up all three. But it'll actually allow you to make less bad decisions yeah. in your life. That's great, and I love that. Like you said, you know, uh, we want to get as much information as we can, but at some point you have to go where the pieces and you just have to kind of follow it, even if it doesn't make sense, even if there's yep. challenges along the way, because even if we follow God and when we follow God, it doesn't mean it'll be easy, but it doesn't mean it'll be worth it because there's a blessing on the other side of following through where he is commanding us. And I had a major decision with career myself and I felt God saying like, I'll, I'll bless you either way, but there's going to be a, a greater blessing and a greater knowledge of me if you go 
option B. And a lot of times when we pray for discernment, we can't just go in thinking, okay, I'm going to pray until I feel good about option A. <laughs> Cause then you just, you know, it's confirmation bias at some point. We're like, all right, I think I feel peace now about this option I wanted, but no, you have to go in. There might be an option A, B, C, D, E on the table. And you have to ask God, which one are you in? Which one is the greater blessing for me? And which one are you going to bless? Because I can try to do it in my own effort. But if God's not with me, like uh, Joshua said, if God, if God's not with me, I'm not going. Yeah. Um, and so I think it was Joshua, but either way. Mo- I think that might have been Moses. That was Moses, same, yeah. Same, same part of the journey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was in the desert somewhere. Um, but anyway, so, you know, pray and, and let, let the options open. Don't just, you know, go in with two options yeah. and wait for one. God might pull one that you weren't even expecting and go where the peace is, which is usually what, if you're following what you're saying, the Bible, godly relationships and the Holy spirit, there's going to be a peace that comes uh, and it might not be immediately. And God sometimes will give you a vision for something that's years down the road. And so don't rush it either. If he's not telling yeah. you to go, he might be giving you a passion for something, but it might be an equipping season where he wants to grow you for something later down the road. So, yeah. Hundred percent, and and wouldn't you find too that you know as you're as you're following direction, I do feel like there'll come a point most of the time in any major decision, any yeah. major move you got to make, where God's going to speak. There'll be some confirmation, but you still got to jump out of the boat. You know what I mean? There's usually always going to be that Peter moment where you just go, "All right, let's go." You know yeah. what I mean? And don't hold back, right? Like don't right. don't get to the end of your life wishing you had jumped out in in kind of the adventure that maybe you felt God calling you to. And you're not always going to have everything a hundred percent lined up all the time. Sometimes it's just going to be a faith moment. We're going to step out. That's a great segue for my devotional called eyes on Jesus is that we have to keep our eyes on Jesus every day in a world filled with distractions. So uh, what do you find practically? How do you keep your eyes on Jesus every day? What are some practical steps you do to kind of just, you know, not get swayed by what you read online or by drama from people around you? How do you stay focused on him? Yeah. Well, first of all, that sounds like an amazing devotional. Thank you. I can't, well, <laughs> I can't wait till be. that. I can't wait. Yeah. Is it, uh, is it like a daily, is 90 it day. a weekly 90 day? Oh, yeah. that sounds good. That'll be really, really good. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I think, you know, sometimes in like success motivational type of settings, I'll talk about, you know, your success is found in your daily habits. And and I think there's just, there's truth in that concept in, in many other areas. It's the same thing in our own kind of relationship with God that, yeah. um, you know, being able to stay in peace, being able to stay full of joy, being able to stay without anxiousness and anxiety is kind of building up because the reality is we we can't we can't you know make light of the reality of the weight of this season that we've all been walking through that many of us are still maybe literally in the thick of maybe rebuilding our life after you know a season like we walked through and then you know just the noise from media social media and the news and yeah all these messages so the, the key is to just is to find that consistency. And I'm I'm such a massive fan of daily Bible reading. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I like to remind people you don't need to read the Bible every day for God to love you better, <laughs> to right. give a better place in heaven. Like none, none of that. Uh, it's not about a ritual out of duty or obligation or try to earn some favor with God. Yeah. But it's it's the reality of knowing that, man, I need that daily intake of life, right? I need yeah. his word. You know, his word is life. It's light. It's a lamp. It's it's hope. It's peace. It's truth. It's, it's comfort. It's courage, right? Yeah. And I need a fresh injection of that, just like I need to eat every day, just like I need you know, maybe some vitamins every day or some protein, you know, whatever I'm going to, I'm trying to do to keep myself healthy and strong and natural. I've got to have that. So I use, um, I use a daily Bible reading plan that I subscribe to through uh, the YouVersion Bible app, um, you know, or through uh, the, the following Jesus resources that we created. We also have a following Jesus app. And in that app, you can find a few different plans that I have. One of them is a one-year plan, and it reads. It's this isn't a new concept. Others have done this as well, but it reads two chapters of the Old Testament, uh, kind of make like main kind of read through, and then I also have a Psalm or a proverb. It alternates, and then I've got one chapter in the New Testament. 
So what that does is you end up reading through the whole Bible plus, right? Yeah. You read through the whole Old Testament once. You read through Proverbs like six times in the year, which how many know we need as much of that in That's us good. as we can. And then you read through all of Psalms and then Psalms 119. Again, there's a, there's a little bit of that cadence. Mm-hmm. And then you read through the whole New Testament. And then I think I have you go through uh, Romans a second time. And there's a couple selections that you end up reading twice, maybe the Gospels twice, Romans twice, kind yeah. of a thing throughout the reading. But I love that. I feel like it's a it's a it's like a meal, like a balanced meal, yeah. right? You know, your meat, potatoes, you know, veggies, maybe a little dessert. <laughs> Psalms is like the dessert. Yeah. You know? I wonder how many and, people started reading the Bible like from front to back and just gave up in Leviticus or something. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, you don't exactly. you don't have that slog through it if you're just brand new. <laughs> you know? Exactly, and that that way, like when you get to those weird Levitical laws and mm-hmm. you don't know why they're in there still, and you're confused a little bit, at least you got a Psalm 23. You know yeah, what I'm exactly. saying? <laughs> and uh, and hopefully, you know, you just kind of stay in it. But I found my rhythm, and actually, for me personally, I. I like the reading plan, the daily reading plan. I don't get myself all worked up. If I miss a day or two, I'll either catch up or you just go on, you know, don't, don't get yourself all worked up about not batting a thousand when it comes to like a daily reading plan, but I like it because it does, I am able to see kind of the check marks. It's a little bit like in a health plan. I'll say, oh yeah, I'm pretty healthy. I just do like cheap Fridays or something like that. And then if you really get honest and use like one of those like health fitness trackers and you start realizing, man, you got cheap Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, <laughs> Friday, and a little bit on Sunday, yeah. you're like, oh boy, you know, a little accountability gets you a little bit of a reality check from the health. Same thing with like a reading plan. You go, oh yeah, I think I read the Bible. Like I'm pretty good with that. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you realize, oh man, I read the Bible once a week. I read the Bible once a month. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and so it gives you a better kind of gauge and what I love so then I can see that. But then what, what I have found a rhythm of is I like listening to the Bible, just like I like audiobooks. I love listening to the Bible. So, and I got into that because when the Bible app first was like, came out with one of the original app store apps, yeah. Um, one of my buddies was like, Hey, there's a read the Bible in 90 days plan. We should do it. <laughs> I was like, all right, that's crazy, but let's go. <laughs> and I tried to do it in a paper, my paper Bible. And I think it ends up being roughly like 17 chapters a day. If you're going to yeah. read the whole Bible in 90 days. And I was trying to keep up in my paper reading and I just, I couldn't do it. I was like, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm never going to do this <laughs> if I don't. And so that was like, Oh, well, you can listen. So then I just started listening to those chapters to be able to get all of my reading done each day to, to yeah. do the 90 day plan. And in that process of 90 days, you know how it takes, you know, 30 ish to 60 days, right. To cement a habit. Mm-hmm. I kind of got in that rhythm. So now that's my habit. Throw these in the AirPods and plug in the phone, press play, drink my coffee, you know? Yeah. And, um, and, and then what I'll do is I'll pause, write a note, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that kind of a deal. But I just encourage whatever people can do to find a daily Bible reading strategy. Yeah. Man, it's massive to kind of keep with all the millions of messaging we're getting from the, the noise from out here. Yeah. Got to keep a steady stream of God's word. That's great. I love it. And it's never a matter of, I don't have the time for it. It's that you're not making the time for it. And so if you really (laughs) believe that the Bible is important in your life, you will make the time for it and you will see the benefit of it. You may, you may have days when you read the Bible and you're like, yeah, that was good. And I'm going to move on. But like you said, it's infusing it in yourself, getting the word in you so that the Holy Spirit can quicken back to you sometimes when you need it in the moment that, oh yeah, you remember you read that today. There was a reason you read that today because you needed it. You just didn't realize it until you you came to that situation. Um, And I like what you said too. You know, being flexible with your routine, making sure that you're doing something that's working and not just doing it because someone told you or because you've always done it a certain way. Mix it up. Find something that works. Find something that's actually bringing you life. Find something that you enjoy doing. Um, Because reading the Bible should be not a chore. You know, it should be something that we do out of routine, sure, but it should be something that we enjoy that routine and get life out of it, Um, which, you know, 
anyone can read the Bible. Atheists read the Bible and don't get it for life because they're not reading it with the Holy Spirit. And so anyway, that's a whole nother topic. But yeah, <laughs> um, I do want to talk uh, more about your books. You have Following Jesus and Preaching Forward. Just tell us briefly what yeah. they are, who they're for, and kind of what yeah. uh, people will get when they read them. Yeah, totally. So this is this one. This is the non-intimidating, very short, very quick following Jesus book. And uh, it's the seven essentials after you say yes to Jesus. So I always say this, this is the following Jesus book, right? Yeah. This is the, this is the real one. This is the full one, right? Right. This is like uh, an on-ramp onto the freeway. Yeah. So if, if a new believer, I would say primarily it's for new believers, right? Or to maybe somebody, maybe you said yes to Jesus a long time ago, but you've never really kind of been like discipled or really, okay, how do I pray? And how do I read the Bible? And why church? And tell me more about the Holy Spirit, right? Yeah. Like some of those things and you share my faith. What is that really about? Um, you've never really been trained or developed on those things. And if that's the case, then um, this is a great resource for that, right? So yeah. we have it in digital, audio book, paper, you know, Hit it all great. up on Amazon if you want to. But I wrote it for the new believer. And maybe you're a Christian here and you're not a new believer. You're a seasoned follower of Christ. But the thought of discipleship might still like get you a little nervous. You're like, oh, I didn't go to Bible college. I'm not a pastor. Well, guess what? You don't have to do either one of those yep. to be somebody who disciples somebody else. But this could be the type of thing that helps you give you a little bit of a, a guide, like grab a couple of these, do a Bible study with a friend, right? Yeah. This gives you a little bit of a guide to know, okay, what would be those main things I would want to tell a new believer to make sure they're ready to go. That sounds like um, a great thing to give, you know, as a church has conversions, usually give them a Bible, give them that too, you know, because yeah. like we said before, if you give someone a Bible and don't teach them how to read it and dissect the word of God, they're going to get lost or not know where to start. Yeah. And why not give them something practical like that? That's easy to digest in addition to the Bible yeah. and not just be so concerned about, you know, conversions without being concerned about equally concerned about discipleship. That's it. Yeah. A lot of that is actually a lot of churches use that um, primarily in America, but there's, we have a bunch of great churches in Canada, the UK, Australia, and New Zealand, especially. And we have a couple of translations, Spanish. We also have the Arabic translation, which is awesome. super fun. And, um, and I'm believing God's going to really use that. He's, he's been using in a digital and more of the underground in some of the Arab churches. So that's pretty awesome. Great. Awesome. Um, and we'll work on a couple other translations coming up. So that'll be fun. But yeah, hopefully that'll encourage you. And we also have an app that goes with that um, just to help, help make it simple. And then I've got a very dirty version, kind of scuffed up in my backpack <laughs> version of the Preaching Ford book. And that is, that is, probably what you can imagine. It's for preachers. And uh, it's for new preachers especially, but it's really for anybody who's a teacher, preacher, communicator of God's Word. But this, this book is not just a how to preach good book. Uh, there are a lot of great preachers, preachers that are better than me, more seasoned than me, that have written those amazing books. Um, there's a lot of great content out there like that. This leans into it's why the subtitle is calling character and craft is is it leans into two-thirds of this book is more about the preacher than it is about how you preach mm -hmm. right yeah. it's about you dialing in that calling it's about what god is shaping in you right because even though sometimes and uh, i don't know what you do in in this regard and so i'm not necessarily downplaying when a preacher says like does like one of those prayers before they preach like God, you know, let me just get out of the way and let it just be your words. I understand what people are trying to say there, but it's a, it's a little bit of a, a false concept because actually you are exactly in the way you've actually been designed by God for this moment to be the conduit of his gospel yeah. that he needs for that audience to hear it. He chooses people for the mission. Right. So, well, I do want to uh, communicate God's word well, and I, I want to um, not be a distraction to the message. Having said that, God has called, if you're a preacher and a teacher of God's word, he wants to use all of you as a conduit of his, of his message. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, so that's, um, that's that. And I've got, I actually have a sample of my next book. That's right here. Oh, it's look in at that. kind of Sneak pre, 
Yeah, a little uh, little sneak peek here called the process of promotion. Oh, nine ways, nine ways God uses obscurity or those hidden seasons to prepare you for your purpose. So, wow, I'm excited about that one. That one's awesome. awesome. I love that. I love the idea of promotion and how people desire it without the process to get there and how, you know, you see people on their platform and you're like, I want that platform, but I don't want any of the trials to get there. I don't want any of the, the, the grooming. And so I've said that before too. It's just like, give me the promotion, God, but I don't want any of the hardship, you know? So. I know that's the truth. I mean, we, we tend to feel that way. And, and then all you got to do is take a little journey through God's word and you realize how much God, yeah. God would, you know, call somebody. And then there was all of this usually <laughs> hidden, obscure seasons. And, and you've had that. I've experienced that as well. Yeah. Key is to realize that God is doing something in those seasons, right? Yeah. It's not just like you're waiting or you got overlooked or you feel like God forgot you. If you're in a hidden season, an obscure season, a process season, where it really feels like, man, I thought God said this, or what about that? Trust God. He's got you in a developing season for a reason. Just keep working, keep focused, keep seeking God, keep developing your gift, and watch how God will use that season to develop you and prepare you for your purpose. So That's great. And you have a devotional too called uh, Come Closer, right? About yeah. bridging the gap between sin and, and, and our choices. Um, yeah. I, I, I like the idea of that just about how oftentimes we don't discern the sin in our own lives. We're easy about discerning other people's sins, but we can't, <laughs> we can't often look in the mirror at, at ourselves to see how sin is, is keeping us from relationship with God. Yeah. And I saw that in, in my life in the past too, where, you know, I'm just like, well, I, I have the check mark for being saved, but actually I want to be closer to God, but I'm still doing X, Y, and Z that keeps me from that. And until we see sin for truly what it is, we cannot move into a deeper knowledge of God and deeper relationship with him because of that yep. blockage. Um, so yeah. anything else you want to add to that real quick? Yeah, no, that's, that's super good. You know, l- like you said, our, our continual process of being renewed, being transformed, confessing sin is not about salvation because once we've already confessed, we've made Jesus leader and Lord of our life, he has saved us and redeemed us. But then that ongoing process of what I would call like submission or transformation is a daily thing. It's taking up my cross daily. It's coming to him daily. And I was was preaching just last night on that James 4, 7 and 8. It's literally a couple of my favorite verses, right? Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you, right? And we love love the, the, the resisting the devil and him fleeing and all of that. And then the next verse is come close to God and he'll come close to you. Mm, But it starts with submit yourself to God, right? Right. So especially in a world where it's sort of like, I don't want to be told what to do. I don't want you to control me. I don't want you to boss me around. I don't want to, you know, don't judge me. You know, you're not allowed to judge me. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Like all of that stuff, I actually have to understand that the Bible way, the Jesus way begins with, submission. I actually have to surrender myself to God. And I think that verse in in the New Testament is sort of like the New Testament version of when in Proverbs, it says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, right? So the starting point of my relationship with God, of wisdom, of discernment, of a favor, of promotion, all those types of things begins in a posture where I humble myself enough to know, hey, there is a God and I'm not him. (laughs) You know, like you said, like his ways are different. His ways are higher. I have to come to that place of humble submission to God to say, okay, God, here I am. I'm your servant. I'm following you. I'm putting myself at your feet. And whatever whatever you say ultimately is what I'm going to submit to. When I want to go this way and you're saying that way, I'm choosing that way, you That's know, right. and um, I've got to, I've got to come to that place. And, and that's where real life comes from. You know, that's what, that's actually the, the beauty and the uniqueness is, is that submission is actually the gateway to freedom. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And the more surrendered I am to Christ and submitted to him, him, that's actually where freedom comes from. Yeah. And I'll just make a little caveat that kind of leans into the to politics here a little bit. 
that I even feel like as I'm a conservative Christian, you know, uh, mm-hmm. bend in my ideologies and my politics and, and, and how I approach the world. But I feel like this is actually an area where even conservatives can kind of get this wrong in American politics is that we really see freedom as the freedom to do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. But that's when you really look at the founders, that's not how they saw it. And that's not a biblical approach. Real freedom is freedom to do what's right. Mm. Right. Yeah, and that's true. Which means you have to know what is the standard? What is who's deciding right? Yeah. And our founders, this was what was right. The Bible mm-hmm. was the metric for right. So freedom in, in a biblical sense is is no no restriction on my ability to do right. Yeah. I don't have freedom to do whatever I want. I can't just yeah. kill at random. I can't, you know, I, I can't, I don't, I'm not free to do those things. Right. I'm free to do what God says is true and right. And in a pluralistic, like, hey, atheism in our government is the best way for all Americans to just kind of live in harmony where there is no religion. That is a crazy lie because yeah. there has to be a standard of morality that guides our freedom, right? right. It yeah. has to come from somewhere. And Christianity historically is the only place where real freedom flows from. Yeah. We're called to be slaves of Christ and through being a slave, we, we're free. And that's yeah. the, backward, the backwards kingdom of Jesus, and which is uh, <laughs> doesn't make sense, but it's a beautiful, beautiful picture of submitting it's to true. his authority. So I yeah. love that. We could probably talk for a few more hours here. This is a great conversation, <laughs> but um, I want to let's give you a chance to just let everyone know where they can connect with you and get your, your three books. By the time people listen to this, your next one will be out. So yeah. Yeah. Where can they connect with you? Yeah. Amazing. Um, you know, hub a lot of where i do most of my communications through instagram just my first last name samuel duth on instagram that same website uh but all, all my books are on amazon it's probably the easiest way for me to direct you to them so you can search those titles or my name on amazon pull those up um and then you know kind of a and in just the faith daily kind of engagement the following Jesus app is a great place to kind of download and engage um, yeah. in, in that kind of content. So Very um, cool. that's it. All right. I'll put as much of that in the show notes as I can. Once again, <laughs> thank you so much, Samuel, for coming on. God bless you and your ministry. Hey, thanks. Same to you. Well, thank you, Samuel, so much for coming on. It was great talking to you. And if you enjoyed this episode, please leave me a five-star review on your platform of choice and go to the show notes. I spend a lot of time connecting you with links to not only my guests, but also things I am doing. If you would like to support the show, you can go to my Patreon channel or on faithful.place. You can find me on there at Discerning Dad. You can be a contributor monthly for exclusive content on Faithful. So check that out. There's also a link in the show notes. For next week, I have pastor and author Justin Kendrick on the show. So it's going to be a great conversation. You're not going to want to miss it. Until then, go with God, grow in discernment, and keep your eyes on Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Everyday Discernment Podcast. For more information on Discerning Dad, go to discerning-dad.com. Be sure to follow on all the social media platforms. Just search for Discerning Dad. Please share this podcast with a friend and leave an honest review on whichever platform you listen. Feel free to send any comments, suggestions, questions, or prayer requests at discerningdad at outlook.com. Until next time. Keep fighting the good fight.